0: I think like when you speak people tend to gravitate towards you and your energy uh, like <laughs> any tips um for people no. who wants to know how to communicate no. and carry themselves yeah. better uh, that's a that's a big compliment um
1: I don't know I'm very myself I guess um yeah I think I think um maybe you know Keeping it short and simple definitely helps. Um, Not saying too much. I think I've learned that. Um, When you're asked a question, just go straight to the point.
0: Brought to you by Good Foodie Media, I'm Castle Lim, and you're listening to the Foodie Canteen Podcast. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. All the way from Australia, born in Satyawan, raised in Johor. She is an accountant turned master chef. Trust me, you're in for a treat. Hey, Dinah, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Castle. Lovely to meet you again.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. Um, finally, we made some time for this recording. It's hard to catch you, especially if you are traveling around the world every other week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, oh, you know, coming out of lockdown, it's been, a, a, it's been definitely a very busy time of the year. Um, and especially here in Melbourne, um, yeah, there's you know there's lots of events happening. I'm not sure if you follow like what's been happening here. So they've got like the Grand Prix last weekend, which like the Formula One, and then we yeah. had before that we had like the tennis. Um, so there's so many events happening, um, just kind of back to back. So it's been it's been a busy time.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is so exciting. Like so good to be uh, going out there in the world and being a part of the community. Yeah. And, oh and for God. our listeners, <laughs> yeah, community, right? Talk about that, especially doing rock down. And for our listeners who are <laughs> hearing about you for the first time, Dinah Chan, can you share with us who you are and what you do? Sure.
1: Um, so yeah, I am a basically a, an event chef, a media personality. Um, I started my um, I basically started off at, on MasterChef. Um, and went into season nine, which is in 2017, um, and won MasterChef and basically stemmed my career in food ever since. Um, Prior to that, I um, was, you know, working um, as an accountant and, yeah, basically changed my career ever since I finished MasterChef.
0: And we're gonna tap into that a little more later, and but I want to go to the beginning first. Like, let's go back to Johor. Like, that's where you spent most of your time in Malaysia until you were 17. Like, how was it like growing up there? Yeah, so um yeah, Johor, I was born in Siti Awan and my
1: parents moved around a lot, and finally we all settled in Johor Bahru. Um, growing up in Johor was I I guess I guess, you know, I didn't know any different. Um, I guess some of the perks were it was very easy to go to Singapore because it's across the border, just across the border, and I did that a fair bit. You know, we'd go down and have um, a weekend and spend it in Singapore every so often, every every couple of weeks or every week even because it was just so easy. Um, Johor itself, I'm not. I can't really, I mean, it's, it's quite a big state. So there's actually a lot of different things to do outside of Johor Baru. Johor Baru itself is quite a, um, quite a small city. I wouldn't say it's a big city. Um, it is a city nonetheless. There's a lot of different things to do. Like there's, you know, all your high rises and all that kind of stuff. But then I think Johor as a whole is quite widespread. So, you know, you have different pockets Like you've got Legoland, um, in, and there's a lot of universities as well, overseas universities, because Johor itself, the land is so big. So there's lots of different projects. Um, yeah, so my, my time in Johor Bahru is, 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 has been very, was very interesting because I kind of saw it and saw how it grew. And it has grown from a small city to a much bigger city now. Um, I would say maybe one of the bigger ones outside of KL. Um, yeah, would, would you say that?
0: Yeah, and and what was your childhood like? Can you share with us perhaps some because what you share is how uh, the economy is in JB. But what were some of your ambitions back then? Were there any expectations from say your parents?
1: Yeah, so I guess growing up in in a typical Asian family, um, you know, you had to do something whether it's accounting or doctor, medical or like law related. Um, Yes, it was never, you know, my primary and secondary education there. And, you know, my parents obviously wanted to send me away and give give me more exposure, so they sent me to Australia to do my uh, uni, university here. So I moved here when I was 19. Um, Yeah, but, you know, growing up in JB itself in, in terms of, you know, what my aspirations were. I didn't really, I don't know, at that stage, I was quite young. Um, I guess I only really, you know, figured out what I wanted to do after uni. Um, and it was literally, you know, how many years later that I kind of realized that I wanted to take a different path. So, it's a very typical Asian family kind of um upbringing where you you know you do what everyone else does, and you know you follow that sort of the same mainstream um careers law counting medicine that sort of vibe and you know and um you know when if you wanted to do something like arts or something a bit quirky or different it was uh it was never well accepted. <laughs>
0: And was it your plan all along to move there for school um, in Australia and stay there?
1: Yeah. Um, so, we, my mom and dad um, always was quite big on sending us overseas for our university years. So, what they did was they, you know, we studied locally, um, primary and, and secondary, and then my brother and my sister both moved here to Australia and I basically kind of followed um after they came here so it was always always in the plan
0: so your first job out of college was at a small finance firm Am I um
1: what right? well, was my first job out of uni yes um yeah when i graduated it was um yeah i graduated um and i basically it was really interesting back then because, um, you know, the the systems changed a lot, but you know, you have a point system and you have to meet certain points. Um, and then you can apply for your permanent residency, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I pretty much did that. Um, on the same day that I applied for the job, I, I, you know, I, I, on the same day that I got my, um, my job offer I got my permanent residency so yeah straight out of uni I I sort of like just put it through anyway just to see um, where it goes and yeah I I kind of got it like within 28 days which was like unheard of most people would wait months years even to get their permanent residency so I got I got both of those within the day and then I decided to go and buy a lottery ticket because I thought maybe, (laughs) but unfortunately not. Um, yeah, so (laughs) I guess, you know, it all kind of fell into place. Like that job that I, I applied for was the first job that I kind of, you know, did it. I didn't really have any time to even apply for other jobs, but I, you know, it was like a few days, within a few days I got it. And so all happened really quickly so yeah, I worked at this mid-tier account um, finance firm um, for a couple of years before moving across to Deloitte.
0: And when you first joined MasterChef Australia in twenty seventeen, uh, the year that you won, you were still working as an accountant. Like, tell us a story of how this all happened.
1: Um, yeah, so I was basically yeah I was basically yeah working in the corporate kind of career and. I guess, you know, my friends kind of urged me to apply for it and I, you know, moving sort of like going back when I first moved to Australia, so so 2006 and then 2009 was the first year that MasterChef Australia um, started and I watched it religiously every year and I always thought to myself, well, you know what, I think one day I would be able to, Like, I would like to do this, but never really had the guts to until, you know, I sort of like was five years into my career and, you know, somewhat established or like comfortable with the position that I was in and friends, you know, kind of like dared me to do it. And I thought, you know what, why not? Let's just do it. And so I did. Um, And that's kind of where it all started. Like, I didn't have any expectations. I I didn't really know how I would go in the competition either, but I thought, why not? Like If I was, if I was ever going to do it, that was probably the best time for me to do it.
0: And how was your relationship like with food growing up? Do you cook a lot in the kitchen? Do you like experimenting and creating dishes? Or like for me, I just cook because I need to feed myself. You know, I don't like be curious yeah. or like, oh, what ingredient is this? What dish can I make it into? Like what sort of a uh, cook are you yeah. in the kitchen?
1: Um, I would say growing up, I probably, I did dabble a bit in like baking. Um, that was, I think I remember the first thing I baked was an apple pie when I was like nine. But when I was, when I was like as young as five or six years old, I would help my mom and dad in the kitchen and it wouldn't necessarily be cooking. It would just be like prepping ingredients. So like, you know, here's a bag of onions, go peel it or like, you know, um, garlic or like even the. The tauge, like the ends like you, want, yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Ends yeah, yeah, like yeah. drain very draining, boring kind of things, but I guess that's sort of you know the fundamentals and the basics of cooking, so that's where I kind of started and learned um not so much cooking, as I said, but sort of just understanding the basics, which really helps
0: so when and, how did you pick up these cooking skills mm.
1: I guess I moved out of home when I was 17. Um, so I kind of had to, um, you know, when you move out of home, I moved to from JB, I moved to KL and I stayed there for two years, stayed on my own. So you just, you just have to, you can't eat out every day because it's not super healthy. Um, so yeah, you just kind of have to yeah make your own, make your own food really. So that's where I kind of started. And then I moved when I moved to Australia, um, I was so blown away by like all the markets, the fresh produce that you get here. You know, the produce here is so amazing. I'm not sure if you've been, have you been to Australia?
0: Yes, I've been to Melbourne. My sister used to study in Deakin as well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so like it's so the beautiful. farmer's market like, is the, amazing. The fruits and the veg and, you yeah. know, we export yeah, so much produce from Australia. So, yeah, I think it was sort of there where I kind of, Felt, you know, ah, I'm going to try things. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, use certain ingredients which I, you know, never used before. So it just kind of started and became a bit more creative in the cooking space.
0: And like you said, Master Chef is a um, is a show that a lot of people watch in Australia. Big brand, one of the most watched shows in Australia. Being recorded, like working with your skills and dealing with the emotions, like was it overwhelming for you? Like, how was your experience in the competition?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the experience is, is interesting because it's really different. Um, being in front of a camera, I mean, being, cooking is one thing, but cooking in front of a camera is another thing. So I, I guess at the start it was really daunting, but, you know, being you get kind of used to it. Um, after a while you don't really care what's there because it just becomes, you know, like the, it, you don't even realise that the camera is there anymore, so you just become very used to it. Um, yeah, but I would say naturally at the start, it was very daunting and yeah, you know, nervous going in. You're not, you're being on national TV and MasterChef Australia is shown in over 180 countries throughout the world. So it's a big franchise. Um, it's very well received in Asia, especially, um, and certain parts of Europe. So, you know, it's like you're in the public forum straight away. So you kind of have to, there's a lot of pressure to perform. Um, but I, I guess, you know, I sort of took it as it's a challenge and let's just see how I go because there was no expectations to begin with. Um, and you know, as long as I wasn't the first one to go out, that's fine.
0: (laughs) Right. And how do you handle those pressure? Like, um, I mean, you going in without I mean, expectation, I, yeah, but since you're I, in it.
1: Yeah, I do get asked this question a lot, but I think I'm quite naturally a calm person. I don't really like, you know, like how some people just take a switch and then they're just mad. Um, or like they go crazy and start screaming. I'm not that. Like I might like, you know, be frustrated sometimes and, you know, have a, a little bit of a meltdown, but I don't, I don't like scream and like go crazy so I, I guess that kind of like is in my is second nature to me anyway. Um, but you know, there's ways. I guess being in a in a competition like MasterChef, it's very full on. Like there's a lot going on. You just have to find that space and you know remember to. Remember to enjoy the process, not just think of it as winning, winning, winning. It's, it's, um, yes, you're there to win, or yes, you're there, but it's, it's, it's a bit of a community. Like the people you meet, the judges you meet, the experiences you gain, it's all a bonus. Like it's not, um, yeah, it's a bonus. Like you're meant to you know, go in and, and have, you know, fun with it as well. So I, I guess that was like in the, in the back of my head i was always thinking like i'm i'm here to just have a good time.
0: Yeah, that's such a good mindset. And after you won in 2017 like what did you do next? Quit your accounting job right away? Not really. I had to um well, because we were away for
1: 7 months in total filming, um you had to i kind of had to go back to work because Yeah, I had to lay low because it was still on air. So I went back to work and I did kind of like part-time back at Deloitte. Um, I did that for about a few months, four to six months. And then I, yeah, I I quit and I started off, um, I started a a pop-up restaurant called Chentin and that was, yeah, the start of 2018. And I had that for about seven months. And that was, you know, pretty awesome, great experience, very tiring. Um, But I did it nonetheless. I was traveling a fair bit. I came back to Malaysia. Um, Everyone hosted me with a homecoming. And um, I did a lot of different jobs and engagements in Singapore, Malaysia, um, and and even, yeah, yeah, like, even in Dubai. Um, so like lots of different places, India as well. So a lot of traveling was involved. Um, yeah, but it was all, it was all a very cool experience.
0: But what was, like you said, you were traveling all over the world, Southeast Asia, Dubai, um, and India. What were some of the opportunities that came along with this new title? Like you go to these places and you give them a talk, yeah, a speech. Mean, the jobs that you,
1: I mean, the, the way it, it's endless. Like I, I can, pull up my folder and, you know, there's engagements that range from corporates to, um, you know, to, to banks, to um, investment firms, to I- government jobs. So it just ranges. So every, every, you know, I kind of group that into, like, event chefing or guest chefing. So when you... You know, when you get to create a menu and invite it to do a guest chef event, whatever the company or the client might be, um, it's all different, you know, and it depends if it's a corporate, they might, you know, obviously get you to do something for the top clients. If it's government, it generally is something for like the, the, you know, the delegates and stuff. So it can be very, it's very, very.
0: And going from corporate as an accountant to a role that requires creativity and perhaps an entrepreneurial mindset, like starting your own um, brand, was it something you have imagined yourself doing this?
1: Um, Not really, because I didn't really expect, I mean, I always thought I would do something interesting or fun in life. Um, I just didn't think, I just didn't know what it was, um, but I guess it wasn't unfamiliar. It was, you know, a lot of what I do comes down to like networking, staying relevant, um, and and just being, you know, being creative comes from getting the jobs, winning the jobs and doing them, but, you know, just sort of um, doing, yeah, doing different things um, that sort of uh, help to push that and to win jobs basically.
0: And. I see you, I feel like you're a woman of all things, from starting your life as an accountant to a chef, now an entrepreneur and a media personality. How long does it take for you to like, step into this? I'm not saying like age-wise, because I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, um, we're all trying to find our zone of genius, um, something that we already have the gift in us, and then uh, it matches with this need that the world needs, and seems like that's what happened for you from an accounting job to taking part in this competition with no expectations and then it just became a natural thing for you. Like how was the process like?
1: I don't think it's so much a process. I think it's more um I I think it's more I don't know some people either see I think for me MasterChef is a platform, right? And then what you do with it or how you, you know, how you sort of maintain that um, and how you grow from that is entirely, um, it's entirely up to you. Um, I personally have been very fortunate because I guess by winning it, you instantly get that sort of exposure. So in that sense, I was very lucky. Um and there are people who didn't even win it, but still are very, very prominent and very successful. So I think it's, it really depends on the individual, a bit of luck, a bit of um, a lot of hard work, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you're working every day, you're constantly being relevant, you know, whatever your, whatever your niche is, whatever you want to do, what, however you want to defy yourself, I think that's how you, yeah, that's what you've got to push.
0: But, like, my question is, how do you step into that purpose? Like, were you ready, you think, when you won MasterChef are no, you ready not, to travel not, around?
1: No. Uh, as I said, like, I had no idea. Like, it was just, I think it's whether you want it or not, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're given a platform. It's how, I could have just not done anything in it. I could have just won and said goodbye. But, you know, one, it was daunting to sort of go into that world where, you know, you're just kind of, you're, you're basically like a sole trader you're you're, you're on your, your your own boss so you know you you call the shots you you work as much as you want or you work as little as you want but yeah that's that's the thing like I didn't really choose this um, I had a choice of course I could have done it or I could have not um but yeah I'm, I'm glad I did and and that's the thing like you know it, it, for most people, who have succeeded and have tried it, and some people just hit a roadblock, and maybe it's not for them, but that's fine, and they've gone back to their own careers, which is which is totally fine. Being on MasterChef, winning MasterChef, going to the top ten, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff, is it's a bonus. But what you do with it after is entirely up to you. Like you can, I was saying earlier, like you can, you can win it and still not do be in food. Like I could have easily, but it was the, there were so many opportunities for me. There's so many doors that opened up for me that it was, I, uh, and I like it. Like it was a, a dream come true. It was a passion. Like I never thought about it being as being a passion, but until I was in it, I realized how much I enjoyed it. Like the part of what I do is not the same thing every day. I do something different every day. And I guess that's why I enjoy it so much.
0: And it's been a few years now since you got the title. How do you sustain the spotlight and make it last?
1: Um, I would say, you know, coming off um that yes, there's always um, you know, there's always an association to be me being on Master Chef, but you know, I guess you know, like for in the last three years I've done a couple of um, uh, seasons of my own TV show and that's, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, that's the girl from Asia and played it, like, so you kind of build your brand from there, so you, and, and you know oh, that's the girl who has her own range of dumplings, like, it's yes, you stem from there, but then you branch out and you do different things that sort of um, that people can identify you with not necessarily just um, from MasterChef, but in, in, in different space as well
0: I see from your Instagram, you're always having dinner parties, making delicious spreads. Can you perhaps share with us a tip or two on how to best host a dinner party?
1: Of course. Um, yeah, I, I do love hosting a dinner party. I do it very often, actually. Um, although I don't really see it as a dinner party every day. But, you know, my friends always say it is. I just see it as like just normal cooking um, I think I'm just so used to it growing up in a household where my mom would make like five different dishes. Um, and then it's like, oh, suddenly it's a dinner party, but yeah, um for me, I would say, you know, keep it quite simple, like you know, stick to one like have a theme, you know don't don't do like different cuisines all at once because sometimes that can like convolute it and make it too confusing. Um, you know, I think it's, it, it, there's a lot of cheat ways you can do. Um, there are a lot of pre-made like condiments, sauces that you can buy that you don't necessarily have to stress about doing. So maybe, you know, if you are just starting off cooking and you want to host a dinner party, maybe, you know, be sure to have all those on hand. Um, you know, a cheese platter is always a good one, like for starters, cause it's always wow, well, but you didn't make the cheese, you just assembled it. So it looks nice, you know, um, fruit platters, um, you know, getting desserts, uh, making dessert, like a simple dessert. Um, or even if you bought it and, and, you know, you can buy the, or if you make dessert and you bought the ice cream or something like that, there's always like a little, you know, all the little extras that add on and add layers. Um, yeah. In terms of the food, I would say, yeah, keep it simple, stick to one cuisine or two or fusion or whatever you want to call it. Um, but don't overcomplicate things. Um, people, you know, people coming to have a good time, um, and they don't want you stuck in the kitchen the whole time. So yeah, make sure you, you know, try and stagger things. Like, you know, if you're doing things on the stove, maybe have some things in the oven or you can, you know, free up. So you're not cooking all at once. Or if you have a barbecue outside, maybe cook some stuff on the barbecue and then you can have some things that you're cooking on the stove. So it's like, you know, balances out so you're not like constantly on the stove slaving away
0: these are all really really good tips and my final question is um this is my second time meeting you um but i've seen clips of you on youtube during the competition and i think um you're one of the few people that i've met that can really speak speak really well and i think um, we might think that oh, this is a normal trade that anyone everyone can communicate well, but I think like when you speak, people tend to gravitate towards you and your energy uh, like <laughs> any tips um for people who no. wants to know how to communicate what? and carry themselves yeah. better uh, that's a that's a big compliment
1: um I don't know, I'm very myself, I guess um yeah, I think I think um. Maybe, you know, keeping it short and simple definitely helps. Um, not saying too much, I think I've learned that. <laughs> right. um, when you're asked a question, just go straight to the point, you know, wrap it up quickly. Otherwise, people lose interest. That's one good tip, I guess, I've learned. Um, having eye contact, being engaged, um, expressions, you know, being animated. People love that. You know, people don't want to talk to a brick wall with no expressions. Um, I guess that's kind of, yeah, but I don't know. Apart from that, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of like just easygoing. Um, you know, no, not nothing really that you can't, that's too personal to ask. Um, or if it is personal, I probably would just, you know, deflect it and, and, and,
0: and go in a different direction, but yeah.
1: I don't know if those are tips, but.
0: No, it works. Diana, I really thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I'm sure our listeners will have to take away a thing or two, especially the part where you talk about dinner parties. Um, I find it really useful. Thank you again. No
1: All right. Thank you. See you. Have a good weekend. Mm-hmm.
0: You have just listened to Foodie Canteen. This show is produced by me, your host Castle Lim, and co-written by Sulin Lin Chung. Foodie Canteen podcast is made possible by the amazing team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. See you next week.